Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I am Pete. And in The Stack, we talk about a couple of comic books that came out today. We're going to do a bit of a short stack today. Some silver dollar pancakes, if you will. Ah, Those are my favorite kind of pancakes. Really? You like the little ones, not the big ones? Silver dollar, man. Oh, man. Get get some chocolate chips in there, a little dusting of sugar. Some butter melting between them. Go to town. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Yeah, like a little chocolate chip sandwich. <laughs> yes, a little butter sandwich with yeah. some chocolate chips. Why not? Uh, speaking of which, here's something that's just as delightful and fun to kick it off. DC Comics Heroes in Crisis number eight. <laughs> this is by Tom King. The art this issue is by Mitch Gerards through the team off of Mr. Miracle. Uh, and yeah, this is a super dark issue, but we finally find out what's been going on. We find the, the culprit. Reveal. The reveal of who killed everybody at Sanctuary. If you haven't been picking up the book, the plot is this. A bunch of heroes went for therapy at a place set up by Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. A bunch of them died. We got a bunch of big reveals. Everybody thought that either Harley Quinn or Booster Gold did it. Turns out neither of them did it. Here's the big spoiler. It was actually Wally West the entire time. It was Flash, dude. I told it you I hated that Flash the whole time. What? Yeah, Flash sucks. You hated my favorite Flash. Yep. Uh, my I, you you hated my favorite comic book character who was revealed to be a murderer in this issue. Yep. Cool. No, no. We've we've talked about this. Flash is my favorite character. Sure. So I was like, of course, Flash did it. <laughs> <laughs> if you dick. if you just don't like somebody a little bit, they're yeah. definitely a mass murderer. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. I kind of have that radar. If I don't like somebody, it's usually because they're yeah mass murderer. It's more of like a dead dar. Ooh. I don't know. I was looking for some sort of pun there, but that didn't work. No. Yeah. Sorry about that. What did you think about the issue, though, Pete? Well, I mean, this has been a long time coming. Who did it? Eight issues, in fact. Yeah. So I'm so happy to finally have the reveal. And wow, what a twist. Uh, did not see that coming at all. And uh, it was kind of exciting uh, that it was such a turn. Um, you know, Harley Quinn can be such a wild card. So and Booster Gold always creeps me out. So I, I I was kind of following along with that kind of whole 
this is kind of who we think did it. And I was really surprised. And Tom King does such an amazing job with this that we get this whole issue of the why. And I think it was done in such a cool way. The So uh, what I needed to sort through when I was reading this was were my feelings towards Wally West. Yeah, this had to be very emotional for you. It was very emotional. It's very rough. We talked about this in the last issue, but it was becoming very clear that he was the culprit behind this. That So I was a little more prepared to be reading this. On a structural level, on a mystery level, I appreciate the fact that they constructed the mystery in such a way that you had all of the clues in front of you, potentially could have figured that out in advance, almost from the first issue, uh, what was going on. Certainly there were a lot of details and facts that you didn't know going in there, but that's a good mystery. So just on an intellectual level, well-planned out, well-executed. Really the well thing done. that I'm grappling with, that I'm having a hard time with... Well, which, let's talk it out, man. Okay, thanks. You want to really hash this out? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So uh, am I going to go crazy and kill everybody because we're trying to hash it out? I don't know, maybe. Are you real? Are you real, <laughs> bro? So the way that the issue plays out is that Wally West was in therapy. He was trying to go through therapy, and he had a breakthrough that was more like a breakdown. He went through a thing that I think a lot of us go through, and this is what Tom King is tapping into here with the story, the idea of are other people real? I, I don't know if you've ever dealt with that, but I think a lot of people certainly have at certain points. We only hear our own thoughts. We're alone in our own heads. So you, there's a point when you at least consider the possibility, maybe I am the only real person in the world. Wow. You didn't, you've never considered that? Well, you know, I did do drugs in college, so I went <laughs> through that phase for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm in college right now and doing <laughs> drugs right now while we're doing this podcast. Uh, but I, I think that's a pretty typical thing, and this causes Wally to feel the walls of pressure closing in on him. He eventually runs out, uh, lets loses control of the speed force and kills a bunch of heroes who are accidentally out there. And then the thing that I have trouble with is then he immediately, well, not immediately, because he takes a, like nanoseconds, given that he's a flash, time to think about it. He decides, I'm going to cover this up. I'm going to frame Harley Quinn. I'm going to frame Booster Gold. Uh, and then I'm going to travel five days in the future and kill myself in order to leave a body to get suspicion off me so I get away with it. Right. That's rough. That is rough for me to work through on an emotional level. It seems level. like a typical Wally West what are you talking about? <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch. I couldn't, sorry, I couldn't help it. I couldn't yeah, help it. it's uh, because I get the emotional outburst part. Right. I get even the idea of, oh, shit, oh, shit. And how about the rage over the fact of, like, he was so close to getting somewhere and then, like, kind of things went wrong. Yes. Know? I mean, I think there's that. And there's also, if you go back to the idea of, well, if I'm the only person who's alive in the world, I'm the only person who matters. The rest of these lives don't mean anything. So clearly he has a mental break that's going on there. Mm -hmm. But to me, as a comic book reader, it is a huge leap for me to go from Wally West is having an emotional breakdown to Wally West is a calculated mass murderer who covers up his own crimes. You know, I know he has the skills to do it, and intellectually it's backed up. But again, I think this is just from the direction yeah, of being a Wally West Yeah, but it's not like fan. he was like, hey, I'm going to go here, pretend to be going through emotionally stuff, and then kill a bunch of people. Sure. It was an accident. So then he had to be like, okay, I have a nanosecond to figure out my plan. 
I'm going to just cover this up and buy me some more time. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was his thought process. It wasn't like... Do you think... I, I think a lot of it is going to depend on that last issue and how yeah. this all pads out, because yeah. my suspicion at this point, what it's going for, is this is self-punishment on Wally's part, yep. that he feels lost, he feels alone, he feels worthless. So he decides, great, well, I'll turn myself into a supervillain. They will punish me, and I will finally feel how I deserve to feel. Oh, wow, that's interesting. The, that's what I think is going to happen. That's what I think the story direction is going in. You know what I think but is going to happen? The, yes, what do you think is going to happen? I think Batman's going to be like, yo, Wally, in this world that I set up for you, you actually are the only human. These are all fucking android dummy people. I think that's another possibility as yeah. well, that he's still in a simulation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Because, I mean, making Wally was a murderer... Is a fucking, like you said, a huge leap. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the thing that works against that is we've seen scenes out of Wally West's perspective. Um, so that would be a lot yeah. to create all of those other things going on. Um, also, he has time traveled, right? So as far as we know, he's time traveled five days of the future. Poison Ivy has come back to life as a plant person there. He's with that future Wally West. Um, so... I don't know. I, there are still a lot of questions. This was the here's how I did it issue. Mm-hmm. And I think we still need the here's why I did it issue, which yeah, is that I mean, last issue. Uh, this does such a great job of being like, I have to buy the last issue. Like, yeah. you got to see how this is going to. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot is going to depend on that in terms of how it sticks the landing, of course. Um, uh, are you. Should we be on like Zalbin Watch right now, or, <laughs> or is your like emotional like if Wally West becomes a villain, are you going to unravel? Like if he is permanently a villain, that's a bummer. Yeah, how are you? Gonna, <laughs> it seems like you're just trying to. I I'm trying to wrap my hat around it because it is it, to me. If if that is the direction it goes in, it feels calculated in terms of. We have this idea. We're bringing Wally West back. We got big plans for him. Oh, wait, there's another Wally West and another Flash. Okay, how do we make Wally West different? Uh, okay, he's a supervillain Flash. Right. Which they already have a bunch of anyway, so mm-hmm. that doesn't feel like necessarily anything new to me. Uh, and I don't want to see... It will make me uncomfortable every single time I read Wally West going up against Barry Allen and fighting him or whatever. You know, oh, like man. that's... That's not something I'm into reading necessarily. Oh man, this is going to be this going to be fun moving forward. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm. I certainly wasn't reading at the time, but I wonder if this is how Hal Jordan fans felt when he became Parallax. Ooh. You know, it's a very similar thing to that. If that is the direction they're going in, yeah. and ultimately they redeemed Hal Jordan, they brought him back. So yeah. comics are circular. I, I mean, know that. comics, man, comics. No, this is how it's like permanently forever now. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, okay. Can we move on to something else? Uh, Let's talk about Marvel Comics Thanos, number one. That's from T.D. Howard, who we've been enjoying on the Hackslash book recently. Um, This is taking Thanos back in time, showing how Thanos first met Gamora and following up from there. Because, of course, Thanos is dead in current continuity. Of course. It would make it hard for him to, uh, you know, start a title that way. What do you think about this book? Uh, it was really cool. I, I'm really liking what Marvel's doing with Thanos lately. Uh, it's kind of fun here because we kind of get a little bit of his obsession with death 
um, and also how kind of Gamora fits into that as well, which is really cool idea. I mean, this is a first issue kind of setting things up. So I think they did a good job of like laying it out. Okay, this is what we're going to be exploring. This is our thesis. This is how we're going to move forward. I think it's a great first issue where kind of if you're into it, you're like, oh, this will be fun. I did. So this uh, gives us a bit of the origin of the Black Order, as well as how Thanos met Gamora. I enjoyed those parts quite a bit. My absolute favorite part of the issue, and this is a lot of the issue is taken up with this. Thanos is kind of in a rut in this issue. Uh, He wants to please Lady Death, but he's a little scared about going up against the Magus, who is the evil Adam Warlock, who is starting to dominate large parts of the galaxy. Uh, And he only gets his mojo back by killing people. Uh, And then he goes and battles a planet that is easy for him to conquer. So he's taking the easy way route right now. Um, What I loved is the part that was almost like alien, except with Thanos, where it's him slowly chasing down members of his crew, killing them one by one at night. It's kind of like Alien. It's kind of like a pirate tale a little bit. That part was really fun to me. I think we're going to see things go differently next issue now that Gamora is in the mix. But that was great. Like, if if that was the whole concept of the book, if it was haunted spaceship, but Thanos was the ghost killing people on the spaceship, love it. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a cool setup, and it it's kind of an interesting take on Thanos and his kind of psyche and how he kind of motivates himself. Uh, but if I'm playing cards and every night one of one of the people playing cards disappears, I'm not going to continue to play cards, man. You know what really? I mean? Like, I'm like, hey guys, we're being hunted. We got to get on the offensive here. Yeah. So well, just and get- then they're like, yeah, right. You're just trying to win at cards, bro. <laughs> no way am I cashing out my chips. Oh man. Yeah. I. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things where in the horror movie, I'm screaming at the the screen here. I was like, guys, come on, be smarter. Let's be honest. In the horror movie, you would be the first or second person to die, right? Never. Never? You would never, never die? You'd never. be the final girl? Uh, yep. Oh, man. Uh, you, you're wrong. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to an image comic book, Ascender Number 1. This is a continuation of Descender, the book by Jeff Palmier. Uh Oh, man. This is great. This is so good. Uh, if you did not well, pick up the Desc- art alone is amazing. Yeah. Now, if you never picked up Descender, that's okay. You don't need to read it to pick up this book. Uh, it does start very much in its own place that actually was teased at the end of Descender. But to give you a very brief recap of that, that was a sci-fi tale set in a universe that essentially had been Battlestar Galactica, enormous robots had destroyed most of civilization. The remnants of civilization fought back against them, um, along with a little robot called Tim-21 that had gone on a universal journey. They ended in this new place where, again, I believe most of the universe was destroyed by the giant robots. Uh, And then the tease at the end is we jumped about 10 or so years into the future, where now it seems like we are in a magic world. The idea of the book is that it's pivoting from a sci-fi story to a fantasy story. There's still a sense that a lot of this is based in technology and not actual magic. But you get to see a bunch of the characters from Descender in very new situations. As I said, you don't need to know anything about them. It's following this young girl in a universe uh, who is eventually going to face off against, seemingly against the big bad called Mother, who controls all of the power and all of the magic in the universe. Uh, God, I love this. I love this so much. 
What did you think, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that the descender ascender thing. I thought it was its own first issue, so I kind of feel pretty dumb about that. No, no, no. I, you're not supposed to know. Like the again, similar characters are in there. The themes are in there. If you recognize the names of the planets, you recognize them. But it's its own setup with its own evil central character, its own, not Darth Vader, but like Sauron character. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have the uh, Dorothy on the other side of the universe who's eventually going to make her way over there. Uh, So that's all the setup you need to know. It's that extra added bonus if you have read Ascender, but it doesn't take away anything from the reading experience. You mean Ascender? Yes. Yeah. Uh, cool, but yeah, I I think this was a great first issue. Kind of gets you excited about this world. Uh, yeah, it's interesting the way technology and kind of animals coincide here when they're talking about <laughs> ships, but they mean dragons. Uh, so yeah, it was it's fantastic first issue. Uh, kind of sets up this great world, gets you excited for more, and the art is phenomenal. The designs in particular, the designs of the village fortress are phenomenal. Uh, the looks at the different planets and creatures are phenomenal. This is great. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Let's move to another very little known sci-fi property. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge <laughs> number one from Marvel Comics. This of course is, as usual, an adaptation of a theme park. A pretty regular thing to read about. Uh, you may probably already know this, but Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to premiere at Disneyland and Disney World later this year. This is the first official Star Wars theme park from Disney. And this is telling a story that takes place in Black Spire, the place that is going to be first introduced over in the theme park. Uh, The other thing that's interesting about the theme park, from all reports, is it has its own story. You travel through it, you gain different parts of the story, people interact with you in different ways based on whether you lean more towards the dark side or the light side. Uh, So we're learning about a lot of these characters for the first time, and this first issue tells a story about something that is, quote-unquote, currently happening in Black Spire in the time of the First Order, but it also flashes back and shows us a story with Han Solo and Chewbacca. Next issue, we're going to get a story with Greedo and seemingly so on and so forth as these people stop by and visit Black Spire. Um, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this, I, uh, honestly. How do you feel about it, Pete? Uh, same, yeah. I mean, I'm a sucker for a Han and Chewie story, so this was great, and it was you know about the Sarlacc pit and stuff like that. Nothing about this was like, oh, they're just promoting a ride. I have no idea like what part of the story is going to be a fucking ride. But uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought again, Marvel doing a great job of with uh, its Star Wars property stuff. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was fun. Well, I think not to sound too corporate for Disney, but I think what that speaks to is what they tried to do with Star Wars Land first is make it its own story, make it true to Star Wars, make sure every detail and place of it isn't you're visiting a theme park so much as you are going into the world of Star Wars. Oh, and also there are rides there. Um, So yeah, it's a tale about Hatta Chewie versus a bunch of Sarlacc pits. Super fun. Yeah, dude, get off Disney's dick, man. Jesus Christ. Just let us go to Star Wars. All I want to do is go there, but it's so expensive. I like how you, as you're telling the story, unbutton your shirt to reveal your Star Wars t-shirt I've always, this is the shirt I wear every day just in case they invite me to Star Wars land. Well, anyway, moving on to Criminal (laughs) Number 4 from Image Comics. I love this book, and there is a thing that I did not know about it until last issue 
that has re-emphasized this issue, which is that all of the stories take place in the same world? I had no idea about that. Wow. Did you know that, Pete? I did not know that. Yeah, so this is usually done in one or done in two or three or four or whatever, but short uh, crime stories by Ed Brubaker and Sharon Phillips. Uh, But it turns out a lot of them connect together. Like the uh, comic convention one that was told over the past two issues connected to a later story with the same character. This one ties into a bunch of the other criminal stories, and they're promising that the next story rolling off after this is going to be the ultimate criminal story and bring together a lot of elements from a lot of the other stories, which, again, very surprising to me. Uh, But this issue is, relatively speaking, done in one, shows another scum of the earth. He's going through a bad time, trying to reconnect with his friend through crime. Doesn't quite work out. No, I mean, if you... Uh, stay up for five days straight just doing coke. You're going to make horrible decisions. And, uh, yeah, this book is just basically that. Would you uh, stay up for five days straight doing coke if that meant you went at cards? Uh, no, I don't think I would do anything that involved doing coke. Oh, man. Yeah, sorry. So you don't want to do any coke right now? No. No, I don't. Okay, because remember, I'm in college. I'm doing a ton of drugs. My my pockets are just packed with Coke right now. (laughs) Coke and mushrooms. Coke shrooms, I call them. (laughs) I don't know if those really mix, man. (laughs) You should pick one or the other. Eh, We'll see what happens. Okay. I'm young. I'm going to live forever, Pete. (laughs) Oh, man. That is not true. Criminal number four, though. You like that? Uh, I mean, you guys love these books so much more than I do. I, the art and the style is fantastic. I mean, it's amazing storytelling. But when you're starting a story about a douchebag, it's really hard to get behind it for me. So a lot of these books are really focused around awful people. So it's hard for me to be like, yay, keep being an awful guy. Yeah, Good so luck. you'd like a criminal who steals flowers and then gives them back to the guy who sells the flowers. Or steals flowers and gives them to uh, people. Like a pretty girl. Or... Anybody, I'm just saying, like pretty, a Robin Hood where you yeah. kind of steal. You know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. That, would, that would be a really interesting criminal noir story about a Robin Hood. Hey, type. man, fuck you, all right? <laughs> I'm not writing this comic book. Maybe you should. Oh, okay. Maybe you should. Cool, Last cool. one we're going to talk about from DC Comics. This is The Terrifics, number 15. Now, all, honestly, I read the first couple of issues of this and then tuned out for a while and figured I'd check out this one. Uh, this was really enjoyable and fun. This is from Gene Luen Yang, who wrote a New Superman, also for DC Comics, which I really loved a lot, and a bunch of other comics. This brings together Mr. Terrific uh, and, oh my gosh, Plastic Man and Phantom Lady and, uh, what's his name? Uh, four Meta- el- yeah. Metamorpho, thank yeah, you. I metamorpho. was like, four elements, dude. <laughs> uh, brings them together at a team. Uh, they're dealing with weird mysteries and threats. Uh, this issue, even though it's very much in the middle of a story, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the team. Um, I thought it was creative. I thought it was fun. I liked the characters. I enjoyed this issue. How'd you feel about it, Pete? Plus, Miss Terrific becomes Miss Terrific in this. That's a confusing sentence. Well, uh, she 
she kind of suits up and joins the fight in this sure. issue. Sure. So the idea is that in, quote, our universe, Mr. Terrific's wife died. He, I guess, a couple of issues back, discovered a woman in another universe where he had died. So they're trying to go out on dates throughout the issue. Spoiler, later in the issue, it turns out in her universe, she's Miss Terrific, just like he's Mr. Terrific. She has squares instead of spheres, uh, cubes even. Yep. Yeah, that's the three-dimensional counterpart of squares. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's a good issue. There's a giant snake fight. Yeah, I mean, Can't there's mad nothing about that. like a giant snake bite. Yeah. You know, especially when uh, one of the snakes, like, burst out of the other snake and was like, oh, that was so gross. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is fun. It's a, it's a kind of a cool team up. Uh, it's interesting, the dynamic between Mr. and Mrs. Uh, or Miss Terrific. Yeah, I don't want to put any pressure on those two. You know what I mean? Get married. Hey, they hey, you know, at their other. own pace. At their own pace. No, get married. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> well, if you jumped off of it like I did, definitely check out this issue. Yeah, it's a fun issue. And if you'd like to support us, Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at eight PM at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by, and we'll chat with you about comic books. Pete, what are you on a plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live, also comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Uh, also, you can subscribe a bunch of different places. You can subscribe on Stitcher. You can subscribe on Spotify now. Yeah, we're in new places. We're in new places. Radio Public, CastBox. Yeah. Yeah, all your faves. Subscribe there. If you don't see one, let us know. Like, fave, comment, subscribe. See you next time. That blows your mind